glory to Jesus. Uh, we're, we're continuing our series on uh, thankful, and um, like I said, I, I, I really believe this, this series, um, it's going to be a three-part series, and um, you know, I believe it's going to really uh, speak to you and encourage you, um, because just like Gian's situation, it's, it's not always what happens to you, um, but how you respond to what happens to you that makes the difference, amen? And um, so again, I just want to thank Gian for, for sharing his story, and um, you know, it's encouraging. How many of you are thankful for freedom? Amen? Amen. We should be. You know, and I, I thank God even that, that Ireland is, is a place that, uh, that, that allows people to come from so many different nations uh, to come here and to, and to work and to contribute to society. And, and I think that's why I think, you know, while as a pastor, you know, I strongly believe in nationalism as opposed to globalism. I believe in national borders. I believe borders are important and, you know, that you come, you come legally. But uh, I wouldn't describe myself as a nationalist because sometimes I think nationalism, you take it to an extreme and it becomes xenophobia. It becomes, you know, hatred of the other. And I think, you know, it's a wonderful thing that we have so many nations that have been able to come to this nation and, you know, uh, find a life and find the opportunity that maybe they were denied in their home nation. And so I think that's a beautiful thing so that, you know, that Ireland is being a blessing to other nations. Amen. So anyway, but there is such a thing as giving governments too much power. And, you know, this last year where churches were closed and off licenses and abortion clinics were kept open, uh, should have taught us this lesson that freedom is not free. Um, you know, if you go to the huge American cemetery um, in Normandy, I believe it's an indication of this, that there is a price to freedom. You know, A.W. Tozer, 1897 to 1963, said this, Gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God, and it is one that the, poor of us can the poorest of us can make and not be poorer but richer for having made it. So when we give an offering of thanks to God, we're richer as opposed to being poorer. So we must develop an attitude of gratitude and we must be thankful for the freedoms we enjoy. You know, many of us will walk into Tesco or Aldi or, or Duns and we'll take for granted the fact that the shelves are stocked there and yet there are many countries around the world where the shelves are empty. And so again, I think we need to be grateful and thankful to God, amen? So uh, again, we must be thankful for the freedoms that we enjoy and we must fight to maintain them uh, for our children because again we've so much to be thankful for today and like I said you know we need to remember the people of Cuba as they strive to free themselves from the shackles of socialism I find it ironic you know that you have young people uh, here in the West you know wearing uh, t-shirts for you know people like Che Guevara and these others who were ultimately uh, you know they were murderers you know they 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 uh, and and you know uh, naive young people, you know, idolizing socialism. Uh, when you look at countries around the world, the 100 million people that were killed in the last century through that ideology, and um, I, I think it's very foolish. And uh, so, anyway, uh, they, it's ironic, like I said, that we have parts of the world that are yearning for freedom, and yet the lights of liberty are slowly being extinguished in the West by the imposition of socialism by stealth. You know, because a lot of new ideas are simply socialism reimagined. And you know, just because governments say it's for the greater good doesn't mean that it isn't slavery by installments nonetheless. 
Amen? And so we, we need to be wise because let me say this, you know, this week we saw vaccine passports introduced in Ireland to permit you to eat in a restaurant. And so, and let me just clarify as well, as a pastor, I haven't taken a position on vaccines because ultimately we have many people working in healthcare who've had to do so, you know, and so I, I, this, this, this whole, let me say this whole thing, Ultimately, it's not about a virus and it's not about a vaccine. I, I believe it's about a system that's being uh, brought in that will ultimately uh, undermine a lot of the freedoms that we have taken for granted, okay? So, uh, you know, it, I appreciate it's just for restaurants right now, um, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the thing is this, it's really only a matter of time before they decide they're needed for churches as well. And so, if that happens, you know, I'll go back to a field, I'll go back to the cross, because... Because what this is, it's the beginning of an antichrist system. And, uh, you know, we've seen this in communist China where they've introduced the social credit system. Now, again, let's make a distinction between governments and people, because Chinese people are some of the sweetest people you will meet in the world. However, you know, the Chinese Communist Party, um, uh, it, you know, it, it, I don't even know where to begin on that, but I would simply say this system that has been introduced in China is being used to monitor and control literally every aspect of your life, whereby if you're not playing the game and you're not playing along with the government, um, you start to lose certain rights. And, and uh, you know, even, uh, like I said, uh, uh, traveling outside the country, but you know, uh, I spoke to one Chinese pastor who spoke about how the government were looking to force churches to put in CCTV into their churches. So, you know, be under no illusions. We're in a battle for freedom freedom of speech, freedom uh, of thought, because the two are related. If, if you're afraid to say something, it's because ultimately, um, you know, they, they don't want you to even think that. Because, so freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom of assembly, um, you know, these are all um, under assault. And just because uh, maybe those of you watching that you've decided to do what you're told and stay home and stay safe and all that kind of stuff, doesn't mean that they aren't coming for you as well. Because just because you haven't returned to church yet, doesn't mean you're safe. Because the real virus is fear. And it's being used to usher in the Antichrist. I'm not saying this is going to happen today or tomorrow, okay? Nobody knows the day nor the hour, but you can know the season. And if you have any spiritual discernment at all in your life, you can discern there's been a change of season. Because I will tell you, when Joanna and myself in the 90s were dating, you know, the world was quite a lot different. And, and so when we see the imposition, a lot of these things whereby you know, our freedoms are continually being eroded in the name of the greater good, yeah, whatever. But I'm just simply saying, when you're losing a lot of your freedoms, you have to start to look at the bigger picture and realize that um, you know, the one thing we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. And uh, you know, it's not too long ago that you had you know, thousands of Americans giving their lives to liberate freedom, uh, Europe from, from fascism. Uh, along with Russians and, and the English and uh, the, the Polish and others who fought. And, um, and so we should not be naive to assume that now, uh, just because they had bad governments then, that now all of our governments are perfect um, and that they have your best interests at heart. I don't buy that. I'm not that stupid. I don't believe that people today are any more virtuous than they were 50 or 70 or 100 years ago. 
you know? And, and that's why I believe that the gospel is the only answer because uh, ultimately the only thing that can change the human heart is the gospel. You can get a change of government tomorrow to left, right, center, whatever you want. It's not going to fix the problem. Okay? The problem, like I said, is not, sin, is not skin, it's sin. The problem is not politics, it's sin. The, 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 you know, ultimately, the, the, the sin in man's heart, and therefore the gospel, we need to preach it uh, like never before. Amen? And so, uh, let me say this. I don't know about you, but I refuse to run and hide. And I refuse to play the game. Okay, because that's not how God made me. And as a pastor, I will go on record and I will say this unequivocally, I will not enforce a vaccine passport system for anybody. Because, and, and this, like I said, I don't care whether you've taken it or not, you know. Um, uh, but the, the issue is that it is anathema to the gospel for me as a pastor to say, I cannot allow you as a Christian into church to worship because you have or haven't taken a vaccine. And in the same way, I cannot say to an unbeliever, you cannot come in and hear the gospel and get saved because you haven't taken a vaccine. Okay? And so, again, and, and I appreciate they'll say, oh, it's just restaurants, but it's restaurants today and, uh, you know, uh, churches tomorrow. So I'm just simply going on record for that because I don't believe it's democratic, I don't believe it's constitutional, and I don't believe it's biblical to discriminate based on medical records. And the same people pushing this, let me say this, the same people pushing this are the same ones who are pushing abortion and all sorts of sexual deviancy all around the world. And so, like I said, if you want the vaccine, go for it. Take mine as well. But I cannot, in all good conscience, I cannot, in all good conscience, stand at the door and say you can't come in because you haven't taken this. And they're not saying that, Pastor. Well, not yet, okay? But you know, the reality is, like I said, it's restaurants today, churches tomorrow, because the principle has been established. And this is what matters. The principle whereby you have to have this electronic idea, you have to have taken this thing, whereby you can enter in and take something. Because I read something in the Bible, in the book of Revelations, you know, uh, about about a system being put into place whereby you're not allowed to buy or sell unless you have taken a mark. I'm not saying a vaccine is a mark, but I'm simply saying it's part of a system being put into place. And we know this, that, you know, it's a, simply a sign of the times, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm asking you as, as a church and as believers, don't be demonizing each other based on whether or not you've taken a vaccine. This, like I said, it's not about a virus. It's not about a vaccine. This is about a system. So the answer isn't about attacking each other, but it's about standing shoulder to shoulder as the body of Christ and saying, you know what, we're going to preach the gospel because the time is short. Jesus is coming again. Okay? And so, uh, anyway, uh, I want to keep the doors of the church open, and, and, and so, but we must open our eyes because we don't have long left. I believe that. We must be about the master's business because the time is short, and his business is people. Okay? And, and, and this is why, like I said, I haven't taken the standard vaccines because I'm not a doctor, I'm not an expert, and neither are you, most likely. You know? And I appreciate you might have watched five or six videos on YouTube and you think, yeah, whatever. But you know what? You know, there are doctors who have studied thousands and thousands of hours and they cannot say with certainty what's in it. So I'm just simply saying, let's just not be attacking each other over this, but let's keep our eyes on the Great Commission, which is our calling. And so I don't know what the future holds, but I know that truth will always triumph. Okay? You know, Pilate stood before Jesus and uh, he said to Jesus, What is truth? 
Okay, so Pilate was literally staring truth in the face and yet he didn't see it. He didn't see it because he didn't want to see it. It was Matthew Henry, um, 18, uh, sorry, 1662 to 1714 who said, none so deaf as those who will not hear, none so blind as those who will not see. Okay, you know, so uh, let's not be uh, deliberately ignorant, um, but rather let's open our eyes and be mindful of the times we're in. Second Timothy chapter two and verse nine, Paul said, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer, um, even to the point of chains. Uh, let's remember something, you know, what people say about us isn't necessarily the truth. Paul said, they, they talk about me like I'm an evildoer, and yet this is the man who God used to write half the New Testament and ultimately lay the foundations for the Western world as we know it. And so he said, I'm being, uh, it, it says, I'm suffering uh, trouble as an evildoer, um, even to the point of chains, but the word of God is not chained. How many of you glad the word of God is not chained? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. They can put in their fact checkers. They can, you know, uh, uh, you know, deplatform you. They can cancel you. They can do what they want, but it cannot cancel the word of God because the Bible is the truth. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. My words will never pass away. Amen. So again, we may face imprisonment and chains in the days to come, but the word of God is not chained because truth will always overcome lies. Light will always overcome darkness because a lie is a lie no matter who endorses it and so it doesn't matter how many governments legislate lies or how many courts enforce lies or colleges teach lies or TV stations broadcast lies or newspapers print lies or fact checkers tell lies or how many celebrities endorse lies they're still lies and they won't prevail Matthew 24 uh, 35 heaven and earth will pass away my word will never pass away are you building your life on the word of God God, because truth can be denied or denounced, but it can never be defeated. And this is why, if you build your life on the Word of God, you will not be defeated. Amen? It thinks you may go through some challenging times, but like I said, truth can be denied, it can be denounced, but you cannot defeat it. John 8, 36, Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth shall, be, uh, shall make you free. And so I thank God that Jesus broke the chains of sin and darkness at the cross, and that we're no longer um, uh, captives to sin and shame. Amen? We are free from fear. We're free from condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so again, things may not be perfect in your life right now. Amen. But you know what? You can thank God that he's working on your situation. Amen. You can thank God that he's working. You might say, well, you know, I, I'm single. Well, you know, thank God you haven't married the wrong person. Amen. Thank God that you're ready uh, when the right person comes. Thank you for that one. Amen. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, let me read this. John Piper said, God is always doing 10, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life and you may be aware of three of them. This is the truth. God can be doing thousands of things in your life and we're maybe mindful of one or two of those things. And so again, uh, no matter how crazy the world may get, we don't have to give in to fear or despair. God's in control. He sits on the throne, he knows you, and he loves you. And that is encouraging, amen? He is seated on the throne of eternity. The Bible says in Isaiah 6, Isaiah, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. 
You know, Matthew, uh, Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. Amen. He owns it all. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He knows the end from the beginning. Amen. He holds the blueprints for your life and he will not fail you. Amen. So we're called to go and change our world, trusting that God is in control. And so this is the truth. I'm not quitting. I'm not stepping back. I'm stepping forward in Jesus' name. Night cometh when no man can work. And you know, uh, again, we can see this. It is getting darker around us, but you know what? It's not night yet, amen? So we have work to do, and we must be about the master's business, amen? God has work for us to do, so we must give him our very best. You know, Anne Graham Lotz, uh, the daughter of uh, Billy Graham, said, the key to thankfulness is not to view God through the lens of our circumstances, but to view our circumstances through the lens of God's love and sovereign purpose. So remember, God is working, even when you can't see it or feel it. You know, sometimes we need to get some perspective on our situation, because you may be in a tough place today, but know this, God is working. Amen? He's working on you, and He's working in you, and He will bring you through this, okay? So just Trust him and don't forget to thank him. Don't forget to thank him. Could you just lift your hand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I woke up today. Amen. Thank you, Lord, you're with me. Thank you, Lord, the sun is shining. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, so anyway, it's so important we come into God's presence, okay? It's so important we come into his presence on a daily basis. Why? To give him thanks. Not to present a list of requests to him. Amen. It's fine to ask God for things, but it's so important that we come to thank him. You know, John Bloom said this, all around us is fuel for the fire of thanks if we will but notice. Amen? If we will just open our eyes. And so that's why I want us to turn to Luke chapter 17. And we're going to look at the story of the 10 lepers. Because just like the 10 lepers, how many of us are oblivious to God's goodness in our lives? How many of us are guilty of being ungrateful? Because like I said last week, many of the things you take for granted today were once only impossible dreams in your life. And yet, uh, how quickly we can forget what God has done. So Luke chapter 17 and um, uh, verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 leper men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, just some perspective. Most of us really are, 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 are you know, we have 2,000 years between us and leprosy, really. Um, you know, I once had a man uh, speak in our church many years ago who actually ran a, a leper colony. And, um, you know, there is healing for it. But, um, you know, back then it was a really serious uh, uh, disease, and it was an awful one. I remember during the week I had a dream. Um, it's like I had leprosy. I, was, I saw these boils all over my body, and I remember I woke up screaming. I woke up Joanna and all the kids. I was like, because it was so horrible. I could literally see all of these little, um, you know, red lumps all over your body. But, you know, leprosy was a really, really repulsive disease. And really, in a way, it was like a physical symbol of what sin does to you, because Leprosy would slowly kill you, and in the same way, that's what sin does. And that's why it's so important we don't harden ourselves against the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so, anyway, they came to Jesus, and so when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. Why? Because faith is an action. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice, glorified God, and he fell down his face, his feet, um, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. 
And it says, um, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not found any who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. You see, Jesus had just one question. Where are the other nine? You know, I'm sure where they were, wherever they went at that moment was important to them. Maybe they were shopping or visiting loved ones or relaunching their career or asking a beautiful girl out on a date or just catching up on cat videos that they had missed over the years. But they had forgotten to thank the one who had made it all possible, okay? They neglected to thank the one who had given them their lives back. Just think about it, only one out of 10 returned to give them thanks. And just 10% were truly thankful I wonder if the, the statistics are any different today. Because just like the lepers, at times we can tend to get more excited about the blessing than the blessor. You know, turn to your neighbor and say, you're just like a leper. <laughs> There's a saying that eating bread is quickly, see most of you didn't want to say that. But you know, uh, there's a saying, eating bread is quickly forgotten. And how quickly we tend to forget the good that God and others do for us. But it was only the one who returned to give God thanks who found wholeness. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. And so, you know that word, um, uh, is, is the word saved is sozo. Um, your faith has saved you. And so thankfulness is an expression of faith. You know, this man's faith brought wholeness, but it was expressed through thanksgiving. Do you know you can express your faith by thanksgiving? as opposed to whining. Because when you're whining or complaining, you're giving expression to unbelief. So if we're not thanking God, then ultimately we're not believing God. Okay, a lack of thankfulness is really an indication of a lack of faith. Because some of you still have your eyes on the problem instead of the promise. And that's why we must reject, in spite of all the crazy things going on in this world, as Christians, we must re reject this fatalism that says, what's the use? Why bother? The devil's taking everything. everything. No, he's not. Um, have you ever read the book of Revelation? The devil isn't in control. God is. Amen? Our God wins. He's in control. Okay? He is Lord. Okay, that'd be a good place to say amen. You know, Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15, and it says, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were um, loud voices in heaven. How many of you know it gets loud in heaven? Saying, uh, you know, if some of you are like, oh, the worship's too loud. Wait till you get to heaven. Um, but it says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on, their, on the thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, we give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and was and was to come. Because you've taken your great power and reigned. Then nations were angry and your wrath has come. And the time of the dead that they should be judged. That's why if you're not saved, you need to get saved because there is a time. Listen, right now we're in a dispensation of grace, but there is a time when that will come to an end. And the wrath of God is going to be poured out on this world. You don't want to be here when that happens. And so it says, the nations were angry and your wrath has come, the time of the dead, that they should be judged and that you should reward those, uh, your servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was uh, opened in heaven and the ark of his covenant was seen in the temple and there was lightnings, noises, thunderings, earthquakes, and a great hail. So the atmosphere of heaven is charged with thankfulness and praise. 
You know, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if they give thanks in heaven, how much more should we give thanks on earth? Okay, this is so important. The Samaritans' actions after the miracle reveal a crucial and yet often neglected principle of the kingdom. We must thank our Heavenly Father for all that He has done. Andrew Murray said this, Let us thank God heartily as often as we pray that we have His Spirit in us to teach us to pray. Thanksgiving will draw our hearts out to God and keep us engaged with Him. It will take our attention from ourselves and give the spirit room in our hearts. So thankfulness allows God to move in your life and it will keep your mind on him. And the Bible says, him will you keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. If, if you're spending all your day watching Antichrist videos, yeah, you're not going to have much peace. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be on edge. You're going to be just, just, you know, just, just full of fear. No, don't be doing that. We need to feed in his word, and we need to give thanks to him. You know, maybe these 10 men were missing fingers or had deep wounds or scarred, but while nine of them were cleansed of leprosy, only one was made whole. That means if he had lost some fingers... Those fingers were back. You know, if he had some deep scars, you know, it was wiped out. He was made completely whole. Okay, so leprosy was incurable, and those who were diagnosed with it were banned from society. Leviticus 13, 45 and 46 talks about this, that they have to be outside the camp, you know, that they, uh, you know, they have to cry out, unclean, unclean. And so these lepers had to live alone outside of civilized society. If they came near anybody, they had to cry out, unclean. You know, there were only two people healed of it in the Old Testament, Naaman the Syrian uh, general and Miriam. No one had been healed of leprosy in 700 years. And this is why when Jesus started to heal people of leprosy, that was a sign to his generation. You know, Jesus said so himself in Luke chapter 7, verse 22. Jesus said, go and tell John the things which you see and hear. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the dead uh, the deaf here, the dead are raised up, and the poor of the gospel preach to them, and blessed is he who is not offended in me. Amen. And so the, the healing of leprosy was seen as a characteristic of the messianic age. So it was a sign to these men that the Messiah had come. And so Jesus literally gave these men their lives back, and yet we see that they were either disinterested or distracted um, from thanking God. They all, listen, let me say this, they all lifted up their voices in asking but only one lifted up his voice in thanking God. And I would simply suggest that very few, if any of us here, thank God enough for his answers. You know, and I would say certainly that, that very few of us thank God as loudly and as insistently um, as we present our requests. You know, we're loud and we're insistent when we're asking, but many of us are not loud and insistent when we think. Okay, so uh, William Arthur Ward said, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Isn't that a terrible thing to buy a present for somebody and let it sitting there and not give to them? Well, that's what, when we don't give God thanks. And yet, isn't that what so many people do on a daily basis with God? You know, we live lives that God has given to us Amen? And, and, and yet we don't thank him for it. And, and again, that's another reason why I would never endorse abortion. Because, you know, how can we, who have been given the gift of life, dare to deny that same right to another person? You see, we eat food 
We live lives, we breathe air that God has created, and yet so many do not take a moment to thank and acknowledge God for his goodness in our lives. And so, how many times has God lifted us, protected us, healed us, delivered us, forgiven us, provided for us, and yet we're too busy to give him thanks? Too busy to go to church, too busy to pray or to serve. And so the blessing ends up becoming a curse because we don't give God the glory that belongs to him. You know, Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 talks about this, and it says, um, Verse 20, from the creation of the world, his invisible qualities, such as his eternal power and divine nature, have been made visible and have been understood through his handiwork. So they're without excuse, because although they acknowledge, I'm reading here in the Berkeley, I think it's interesting, it says, although they acknowledge of God, and uh, you know, some verses say, although they knew God, well, you know, if you know God, you're going to be thankful. But here it says, they had knowledge of God. How many of you know Satan had knowledge of God, but he didn't know God? Um, demons have knowledge of God, but clearly they're not saved. They don't know God. And so here it says that although they had knowledge um, of God, um, <clears throat> they're without excuse, because although they had knowledge of God, they failed to render him the praise and thanks due to God. Instead, they indulged in their speculations until their stupid minds were all in the dark. And that pretty much describes our generation. We're so stupid, we can't even acknowledge that a man is no longer a way. That a man is a man, a woman is a woman. You know, this thing of, of well, I identify as whatever. Well, you know what? I tried on Monday. You identify as a PhD holder. Talk to your boss. Tell him you want 100% race. And there's just as much proof of that as of the other. How many of you know I can identify as a, as a, uh, you know, as, as a rocket scientist, but how many of you know they're not sending me into space? <laughs> Jesus. It says neither were thankful. Are you thankful? Are you thankful to God? May we never be guilty of not giving God thanks. Does the worship group come forward? You know, ingratitude, I believe, is a very common human fault. One that we must resist because it characterizes the end times. My last Bible verse is 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. In the Bereavement it says, it, the heading is evil in the last days. But understand this, in the last days, terrible times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unliving, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, without love of good, traitorous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Turn away from such as these. It's interesting the, the company that God puts ungratefulness or unthankfulness in. You know, brutality and uh, slander and evil and all these things. Um, because many of us wouldn't necessarily think of um, unthankfulness as being evil. And yet really, in light of what God has done for us, well, you know, when we read in the book of Matthew, what did uh, the, the, the master say to the servant who had been forgiven and yet refused to forgive the other? He said, you, you wicked and evil servant. God calls unthankfulness evil. And so, uh, if we could stand to our feet today, I think it would be a good opportunity for us right now to just repent.
of any unthankfulness in our lives. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks to the Lord our God. And like I said, I'm not um, you know, seeking to, to, to deny or diminish what you're going through right now. You may be going through some very difficult uh, things in your life, but just like Jeanne, even in the midst of the difficulties, we, think we can thank God. In the midst of the difficulties, we can trust God. Because we know that he holds, um, you know, the future and that uh, the good work that he's begun in us, that he's going to complete it until he's coming in glory. So, uh, could we just, every one of us, bow our heads and say, Lord, just pray with me right now. Say, Lord, I repent of being ungrateful. I, I repent of being unthankful. Lord, I have so many things in my life, so many good things that you have done for me. You, you've forgiven me. You've saved me. You hung on a cross for me. You took my shame. You didn't embarrass or shame me. You believe in me. Thank you for every good thing in my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your direction. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your love. You love me, Lord. Therefore, I am happy. I am grateful. And I give you praise. If you believe that, can you give a shout of praise to the Lord today? Come on. Come on. Just lift our voices to the Lord.